When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio. This is off. This is actually off of her new one called. It's an EP, The Hall of Ghosts, and that was signed. And this is Kettle Whistle Radio.
www.thebloodynerve.com for all your rock and roll needs. Trust me, this is some good stuff. Hear that? My dog just threw the mic down. That's how you know. Go to www.thebloodynerve.com for all your blues, rock needs, shirts, music, fantastic stuff. The best part is, they're mean to me. You must love that. Merry Christmas. The holidays are approaching, and I hate Krimbus. Uh, the things about Krimbus that I do like are chocolate chip cookies and striped elf legs with pointy shoes. Uh, my favorite Krimbus memory as a child was playing Krimbus songs on the violin at family gatherings. Uh, now I, I feel like Krimbus is out of control, and uh, I don't really like it anymore. This is great. <laughs> this is the best movie ever, guys. Seriously, you gotta watch this shit. Can you hear yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Testing. 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 Yeah. So if they hear anything in the background, they know today's my birthday. I got a lot of people over. Um, Hang on, Amanda's calling. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. From inside the from the living room. Hello. Just about to she, start. Is she ready to sing? Uh, it's going to be about you coming in here and singing a song right now. Yeah, you should come in and sing. Oh, you got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. They're going to call in. <laughs> anyway. I'm holding your phone up to the microphone so they can hear you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she said what? What? The phone is hold it held up to the microphone so everybody in the room can hear you. Okay, well the three of us were wondering what your show was going to be about, and then so we were surmising, and we are pretty sure it's about three guys who want to discuss how much they love their wives and the reasons why. You know so surmising. We'll be listening and we'll call it. Surmising doesn't mean what she meant it means. <laughs> They're really good at that, the Montag twins. Alright, well, it, we expect them to come in and sing for us at the half, so. I think she can. All right. Well, anyway, folks, friends, and fiends, welcome to the end of the year wrap up of Kettle Whistle Radio. Yes, there is a house full of people, and yes, we are drinking because it's my birthday. Birthday, twelve twenty-seven. Happy me. Happy birthday. <laughs> yes, and it's early too. I like that. It's an all day, pre noon, all day affair. <laughs> but we're back here with the guys from Sci-Fi Bitch Fest. Do you want to introduce yourselves? I forget what my call handle was. I'm Fa. I think I was Dr. Matt. You were Dr. Matt. Yep. yep. We call you Dr. Foot. Dr. Foot, Dr. <laughs> Matt. But yeah, Sci-Fi Bitch Fest, that goes back about a year, we were, and that's what we do here. Um, yeah, you're going to get another rendition of that, but right now we got to talk about the end of the year here, and uh, I have a lot of people to thank, especially people like uh, Morpheus Laughing. Arvin Clay made his way back here with Mr. Pegritz and their uh, 
gosh. Uh, I guess in techno industrial band. Arvin Clay was, uh, well, not a newcomer to the show, we'll say. And we also introduced our new show, The Pop-Off, with Martise, who you all met at the Living Dead Fest. Check her out, The Pop-Off. You can get all of this at our websites. Go to Society 13 Network, our Society 13 Podcast Network, um, and you can check her out. Uh, let's see. Gosh, we have too many sites anymore. But um, there was also the Friday th- the 13th Fest with Jeff Meyer at the Palace Theater in Syracuse. Thank you, Jeff Meyer. I appreciated being there. And you introduced me to director, uh, actually, Joe Lynch, who is a, a, I was a huge fan of his work, and uh, I got to interview him. Check out episode 129 of Kettle Whistle Radio. You guys would like that one a lot. Have you guys? Do you remember Chillerama? You ever see that? Mm-mm. Okay, well, you have to see uh, Salma Hayek movie he just directed, um, which is it's called Everly. Have you heard of this oh, yet? Yeah, Everly, yeah. Did you watch that? No, I haven't seen it. Yet. It's badass. This is his Tarantino flick, and I'm allowed to say that he's okay. He's okay with that. Um, it's. It, it takes place in an apartment that just gets completely trashed. More than a hundred people die in one apartment the whole time this woman is just trying to get away from her boss and bosses. Oh, wow. And there's just carnage. Just unbelievable. And it's Alma Hayek. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, and she's awesome in it. Fantastic action for I think you love the word carnage. Carnage is good. Yeah, carnage is Actually, good. yeah, there's carnage up there too. There's a carnage. If you notice right next to you, Carnage's claw, he threw it at me the other day. Oh. Yeah, right across the room. It landed there. I wow. have no idea how that happened. It's not part of his action that he came with. <laughs> but we had some fantastic musicians uh, in 2015 as well. I, I don't even know where to begin, but we'll go with Return of Folk Rock American Music musician Bill Smith. And he'll be back again. We had Mutant Press with some punk rock from the punk rock icon Jerome Youngman. We introduced Hot Coffin. Want to thank those guys for great rock and roll. Um, and uh, you heard Heather's band, The Glowworms, which I got to see them. And there's a story behind that. She's actually a little miffed at me about that one. Had a little bit too much fun. There was a guy there that thought he knew me and kept buying me Jaeger shots. And it becomes part of a film that we're in, uh, a real film, horror film, called... Um, too much Jaeger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Forces of Horror, actually. Uh, we got to be in this film comes out in 2016 four films it's like a creep show thing and we get to be the elviras that introduce each film yeah and we have and i wrote a wraparound script for it and you know it's cheesy fun uh kind of like do you remember uh usa up all night yeah i do yeah that's how we did it we kept it in that vein and the movies themselves are excellent and you were drinking yeager the whole time uh no that was uh we told that story that night no during shooting perfectly sober but at her show yeah i insulted one of her musicians and almost fell over a drum kit um the guy was buying me jaeger shots she just looked at me and said dave you're drunk i was like yes yes i am yeah. I, and it, I, you were I, honest they were great though yeah. they were great uh, her the, band the the anger is strong with this one <laughs> but i know we have a lot of things to discuss here uh, we can give a little tease here uh, why are you guys here today Sci-fi bitch fest. Uh, come on now. I'm here for David's birthday. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. But uh, there are other. Uh, well, come on. The shirt you're wearing right now. Yeah. Uh Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Episode Seven, and everything else that happened in 2015 and how good 2016 looks. Look. I was so excited at the end of The Force Awakens just because of all the trailers for 2016. There was a lot. There was no. a lot of kitty stuff though. Oh. We got a lot of like real. I, got, I know I got, it's Disney. I got but... one word for you: Deadpool. Oh, I don't know that we got that trailer. Oh, you, oh, it wasn't a trailer. It's online. 
They released it on Thursday, I think. Explain, please. The second trailer. The second trailer for Deadpool. I mean, I'm way behind my superheroes, so this is is why I have you guys here. (laughs) I I just love Deadpool. I'm a huge Deadpool fan. Wilson Wade for... I mean, not Wilson. (laughs) Wade for president. You know, he's just just a great, great, great character. Great real life. You can... Someone you can believe as a superhero got thrown into the mix and kind of does what he wants, but I'm also a big fan of Ryan Reynolds, so... I know girls that wear, actually where I work, they wear Deadpool shirts to work. Well, cause so it's, it's him. Yeah. Is it, cause it's him? Yeah. I, yeah? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Alright. I'll go with that. Cause he's, he's not, he's not a PC kind of guy. I mean, you know, you know, he's not gonna be the kind of guy who's gonna be all polite and hold the door for you. No. So I guess these girls are into that. <laughs> they're, no, they're into Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's the hip thing right now, Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool. Uh, we, we've been having some serious discussions about Star Wars too, and uh, of course the haters always come out. Um, <laughs> no, no hate here, but I, I felt like a couple of the aspects of the movie I had seen before, maybe in the New Hope, <laughs> when uh, when they give the uh, BB-8 character a message to take to the Resistance, <laughs> it kind of felt uh, familiar to me. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> isn't that astromech droids? Isn't that what they do though? They carry messages. Yeah. But is he is he an astromech droid? We know, I mean... They didn't give you that in the story. But that's a real robot, from what I understand. That's not CGI. No, that's a real, that's a real puppet that they, they, yeah. People fell in love with him. He was the anti-Jar Jar. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And there's a key to that. And the same reason people love Chewbacca. And I've always said, if Jar Jar didn't speak stupid English, broken English, he would have been okay. If he just mumbled now and then, I think he would have been better than having that slang thrown in. Misa think they wrote something horrible. Right? He might have been a little bit better off. Chewbacca, people love him. He just growled. You know, BB-8, <laughs> what, he mumbles and yeah. flicks a lighter every now and then. Sure. Fantastic. Yeah. I, but people, there's something, is there like a, some alien racial tension there? There was too, I think it was too much dialogue for any of those characters from okay. episodes one, two, and three. Like, you, you definitely could sense that George Lucas was trying to incorporate a complete politically correctness with the movies and, uh, it was just too much. It was just way too much. There's, you could, you could definitely distinct you know, have a distinct feeling of, of who was who and what race was which race depicted by which alien. And, and I think that it, uh, it pushed, it pushed it overboard. It was too much. He could, he could, I think Jar Jar would have been great, like you said, if he would have been a kind of guy who was just not dim-witted, but also kind of like said stuff to himself on the side kind of it character. Just mumbled. Yeah, and mumbled or something like that. Then it would have been a lot more funny. Yeah. And a lot more easy to accept. Whereas yeah. he was, he was too forward. He was too in your face. And yep. that, that's what, piss people off. Well, it was comic relief where he was supposed to be an assassin right. who actually betrayed the uh, the Jedi of the story. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Other Qui- than Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon yeah. Liam so, Neeson was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah so so Jar Jar was supposed to be an assassin who betrayed Qui-Gon in the, in the story, but they changed it to be comic relief. Oh, that could have been good. That might have been good. But, but circling back around to BB-8, yes. my favorite moment of him in the movie is when he shows R2-D2 some love. Yes. And goes over to him and, and, and is asking for his help and poor C3PO has to, explain. you know, explain that he's, you know, well, he's don't heartbroken. Get, don't get too much away. Don't get too much away. Yeah. It's, well, what, what you could say R2 was heartbroken. R2 yeah, heartbroken. heartbroken. Yeah. 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 Hey, the, hey, the dude had a heart for a droid, you know. Yeah. He gave a tin can emotion. Well, like, yeah. I, you know, that, that, I, you gotta give Lucas that. You well, gotta yeah. that. well, because there's actually a person in R2. Yeah, most Kenny people Baker. don't know that. Yeah, Kenny Baker. They, yeah, yeah, most people don't know Kenny Baker sitting in the can of R2. Yeah. Was he still there for this one? I, 
I don't, don't know if think he, did he was because he was in a wheelchair at the premiere. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. At the London premiere, he was being pushed around in a wheelchair, so I don't think it was him. Actually, now what was that you were telling me about that you um you you, you donated some money for? Some oh, of the... like Omaze, that thing online where you donate money for the um for the good charities and the the celebrities get to pick their charities and stuff. And if you won. You got to go to the premiere in LA and you got to meet the cast and the characters and stuff like that. That's great. And, um, I had, I had come up with my one question if I had a chance, the opportunity to meet George Lucas. And please, 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 if anybody else in the galactic universe has seen this, I'm the only one who seems to have seen this, but in A New Hope, episode four, R2D2 is in that little chasm watching the sand people drop off Luke on the sand. If you notice to the, left of R2, when you're staring at R2, there's two little glowing eyes in that darkness, and they look like Jawa eyes, and they kind of move. Interesting. And then the next two scenes later, you, they they pan back to R2, and there's those eyes again. And nobody has seen, I've never seen it online, I've never seen it anywhere, <clears throat> excuse me, is that a Jawa sitting in that hole, watching the whole thing go down, or is it just happens to be some error on the filming crew's part that they a reflection a reflection maybe. of something yeah like what is that because that's that film's been restored yeah several times yeah and it's in every single revision it's not just in the specialized it's version. silver and gold yeah it's in it's in the original release it's in the you know it's in the the special release it's in the expended special release and now our, and the best part is i guess disney's getting the the, the rights to re-release the despecialized the original theatrical releases from 77 80, yeah, none of this Greedo shot for eighty and eighty three yeah. on Blu-ray. So they're gonna they're gonna clean them up, but they're gonna re-release them as they were released in the theaters. Cool. Yeah. Well, that I want to see. So anybody <laughs> ever just see those eyeballs in the, in that episode four, The New Hope? Let us know. Yeah, what do leave, you think? Leave a comment. Yeah, I'll be looking tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I got to get into uh, the rest of my thank yous before we get into the the rest of our show here in a bit. Here we we're talking about musicians. Um, I had some of the best uh, I'll probably ever get, but I, I always set my standards high. Um, I want to thank Dava Shewolf and Shawnee Salt from Star and Dagger. Of course, Shawnee Salt was uh, in White Zombie back in the day. And um, they're two of my favorite guests. And they'll be back in 2016. I have promises from them. Also, Leslie Rankin of the band Ruby. I was very happy to get her. She was great. That's a, a great episode. Go back and listen to that. And our first musical guests were Murph McCulloch and Christy Drummer of Wings of Wings for Armor back in the day. Well, they came back, too. And I discovered a new guy here just uh, on... Twitter of all places, you get a lot of good musicians. Um, guy's name is Dandy Brown, and he was a favorite new act for me, and a great guy, great progressive rock, and very original. Um, the other huge guest I want to thank for coming out in 2015 was uh, director Carrie Hill and Jess Paul, his actress for the Second Screen Park movie. Uh, my vampire friend Julia Darkrose, uh, actress Christine Starkey, Carrie Jubilee. And, of course, Critical Masses, Jonathan Shankup, and director Jack Thomas Smith of the movie Infliction. I can't thank enough. And our girls that give us our intros and outros and background music, Erica and Jess, um, and, of course, Dave Eskew from the band Yard Panther. I want to thank them down in Austin. And we're going to get back to you guys with more Sci-Fi Bitch Fest and the end-of-the-year wrap-up. Thank you. Hello, Davey. Here's a special Christmas song for you. Ding, dong.
Okay, we're at, we're, we are back after the break there. Um, this is Sci-Fi Bitch Fest, but we're going to take a, uh, a left turn here. Um, I made these guys watch something from a friend of mine, Lisa Raymond, that I've, I've grown up knowing my entire life, um, who created this thing called Sharon Tate in Heaven Super 8. She wrote this, and it's a film, what we call, I, I don't want to say an art film, but a lot of people will say it is. Um, but hold your attention. You, I, I like, all right, you guys watch it. What, independent, independent, independent. Film, yeah. yeah, and it is, it is. He didn't make us watch it. <laughs> right. it was, I, I dug it. I, I'm, I'm the, I, I will be the first to admit it. And this is Doctor Matt talking. I, I, I am a one hit wonder super fan. I love all the one hit wonders of everything, and and I'm a media junkie when it comes to the newest and latest and greatest. But I also love the obscure, the in betweens, the remote, the the. The different and and this is definitely interesting. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that it's a different perspective. And I didn't know that much about Sharon Tate. Um, and and Fa, you can chime in here. You said so during we were watching it. The dump of history, right? A lot of deep details. Yeah, deep details about her life, her involvement with different actors and actresses, and her involvement with her husband. And it's just it's it's really a neat. I think it's a neat perspective on things because people are always so, when you look at different uh, celebrities, it's always focused on one aspect of how they live their lives. And this is looking at it from a complete cerebral existential viewpoint of someone who's no longer with us, but could very well be able to talk about her life. And, and we don't know. Just right. It was we, very well chronicled. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't put it better. I mean, really what you just said. I, I mean, I have this from Lisa. She sent me this thing. It's a lot here, but um, let's, let's get into this here. I, she spoke. I guess Jen was one of the uh, producers or directors here, and she said she spoke to her and said that she loved the questions that it prompted, and it did prompt a lot of questions. Okay, right here it says here, the stage show upon which the film is based is a one-person show where Sharon is interviewed in heaven. The film keeps the idea of heaven, but it is a journey film, maybe like and in kinship with Japanese no dramas, N-O-H dramas. Hmm where it is about a spirit that wanders the earth to get peace for the, her next reincarnation. Or think of Bergman's film, The Seventh Seal, which I love. Mm-hmm. Max von Sydow. Great, yeah, great movie. Great yeah. Star Wars segue, too. Yeah. All right, anyway, <laughs> moving on, which is about a sensory journey for the hero, in this case, heroine, that leads to the discovery in a game of chess with death. In our film, more like hopscotch. <laughs> I love Lisa. Uh, She's it, great. It is, it is definitely choppy as far as jumping back and forth between where she is in her life. But it, that lends to the film. It lends to the believability of it. Right. The visuals are great. The uh, the switch between black and white and color is very fun. The Hollywood sign in the background. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And I'm a huge fan. I, I, Sharon T., I fell in love with her watching her films early. I mean, I, I was too young to understand what was going on. But watching them now, you you see what a beautiful woman she was. My God, what a complete knockout. Absolute knockout. Um, all right. Well, here we go. In this film that we made it is after sharon is murdered in 1969 when she was eight and a half months pregnant she's not here to get revenge but to discover you walk along with sharon as she visits and seeks out and sees the things on earth by looking or seemingly accident specifically in or seemingly by accident i think specifically in los angeles and houses she lived in and places that mattered to her that's that's kind of sad and creepy yeah um that were a part of her life or that she brought to the earth herself with what she gave it was a really intuitive process for us and we knew we wanted to shoot in la and that we wanted to keep it in her spirit which was very loving and love does conquer death in our film 
Uh, wow. I mean, yeah. there's more here, and I'll probably talk about it more on another show. But this is 2016, uh, where the rest of it will be released, I believe. But right now, you can see it on YouTube. Um, I'll get the... Here I'll get. I have to go back to find where everything. Oh, here we and go. If I could, and if I could do that while you're looking that up, the 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 part about the film where she's at this, it looks like a building, and there's a painting of Edgar Allan Poe on the ground. It it almost makes me want to look into that and figure out what does that mean. Like, is, was she a fan of Poe? Because I'm a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and and what is that building? What is that part? Was that part of one of the sound stages? Was that something where something was recorded? Like, it almost makes you want to get out the computer and, and Google Sharon Tate and figure sure. out what the heck's going on here and what what's this? What does this mean as far as this woman's life? Because sure. The, it was, it was the characters so- seem very focused on the eyes. Is that is that something in uh, Edgar Allan Poe? He deals with them a lot, but well, I mean the soul, the symbology, and, you know. of, yeah, to the uh, gateway to the soul and stuff. But um, I, I don't That's know cool. what the painting was on the, that corner of that intersection, yeah, yeah. Or whatever that was in LA. I want to yeah. find that. Yeah. I, I've been there so many times, but I've never seen that Edgar Allan Poe um, illustration on the, on the ground, ground at all. Never, yeah, it's never. Really cool. uh, I'm getting the link here, uh, but I'm sure if you look up. Sharon Tate uh, and the actress they got to portray Sharon Tate does look like Sharon Tate. I mean, they really did good a good job with casting. Yeah, I'm still trying to find this. There's so many different. Maybe, maybe we could put the link in the comments. Section. Oh, I definitely will. I definitely will. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but as David was was referring to the segue with Max von Sydow. Mm. <laughs> and I don't want to throw out any spoilers there because we don't really know the character in The Force Awakens. But he's in it, and it's great because he's such an iconic character. It's like seeing Richard Burton. It's like seeing somebody of that caliber in a in a Star Wars movie, and you see and you see them, and uh, and you're just like, okay, who is he? What is he doing here? How does he relate to the right. story? It's like Obi Wan in, in A New Hope. What, yeah. what, what what's his name? Sir something. Alec Guinness. There you go. Yeah, like you see Guinness, and Guinness is a you know a Broadway theatrical powerhouse and yet he's in this sci-fi and i don't know if you saw that david the uh the letter uh guinness wrote to one of his friends back in scotland or something about being in the force awake and being in new hope and how he's saying how it's interesting how this generation loves this science fiction nonsense it's all a bunch of jarble there's (laughs) no character development i don't know if you know who this guy is i don't know what his name is but his last name's ford Jar- Jared Ford, something Ford. I don't know what he is. He's a nice kid, though. <laughs> nice kid. Yeah, and this other guy, Mark Hamill, who I play with mostly in the in the movie, is actually a decent actor, you know. And, and it gets to the bottom, and then there's like a, p- a postscript, and it says Harrison Ford. Do you know him? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was really his fun. most famous role ever. Yeah, I know Alec Guinness was not happy about coming back either no. for the Jedi sequence. No. No. He was not happy. He was the smartest out of all of them, though. He took a percentage of the total gross revenue <laughs> as opposed to a salary. <laughs> well, all right. You guys are more uh, savvy than I. I found for the Sharon Tate thing we were discussing, these are the links. And I wouldn't even know how to begin to tell you that because it's on my Facebook page. You can't miss it. So it's a YouTube.com slash watch question mark V equals capital QM WF lowercase OVW eight capital OZ lowercase G. And it's on Vimeo as well with the code fifteen hundred seventy two nine zero seven. Okay, I guess the easier way to go to my Facebook page, and you can find this. Um, well, it's all about Sharon Tate and what we were just talking about earlier. 
And uh, I can't, I still can't believe that there was a, a seventh seal uh, interaction there. Uh, but yeah, Sharon Tate in Heaven Super Eight. Look it up; it's on YouTube. And enjoy the first part as it released now. It's going to be, from what I understand, at least five parts. But yeah, so back to Max von. I say Sidow, but I think it's is it Sidow? I've always said Sidow. I took a film class, and they said that there. Um, (laughs) So the speculation on whose character is that? All right, in Star Wars, he shows up in the first scene, and there's a lot that can happen there. Right. Uh, I don't know. We're not giving spoilers, folks. Don't worry. The only clue was that he referred to Leia as royalty. Right. So he knew her prior to being the general she is in. Episode seven, The Force Awakens. Right. So it's, it's it's a clue to who he was from her past. Obviously, that they didn't go into any further detail. Okay, no, they really didn't. No. Interesting. No. But uh, I got to say, I love the film, and I have a problem with people that I, I understand it's a reboot. All right, we're going to reboot a franchise, but really, is, is family a reboot? Um, it's cyclic. Um, I think the Skywalker family, they're a mess. They've been a mess for years. Think about families you know. I mean, things get passed down. Things run cycles. So mm-hmm. if you want to call it a reboot, sure. I call it life, and it happens. Cousins grow up not liking each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents, uh, kids want to kill their parents, and parents have killed their kids. It's I look at it as a family cycle. So if you want to call it a reboot, sure. Storyline, plot-wise, maybe. But as far as the characters are concerned, they follow the same formula that we do as families. No, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, th- I think what, what Fawn and I saw in the film was, you know, there's a big gun and we got to go blow it up. That's like New Hope. Right. Episode four. Right. You know? I had a problem with that. Yeah. So that's, that's the only part that we thought was a reboot. But what you're saying is exactly correct. Cyclical runs in the environment. It runs in economics. It runs in families. Everything's cyclical. And everything comes back. I was telling uh, Fa the other day something about uh, this the shaved head, half-shaved head haircut. We were at the bar or something like that. And I was like, look at that. It's like coming back. And he's like, it yeah, is. that was popular back when we were in high school. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. You know, and everything's cyclical. Everything comes back into fad, into fashion, things like that. And it's the same thing with family. Your dad's an alcoholic. You may have mm-hmm. a chance of being an alcoholic. No chance. You know? you know, so that's like, it's... it's you like, had a lightsaber? Well, you yeah. might just inherit it. Yeah. <laughs> and you might be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a problem, and I'm not going to spoil anything. I did have a problem with a certain person picking up the lightsaber and suddenly being good with it. But um, I won't say who, what, where, or when. But I disagree, though. He's a warrior. I know you do. He's a warrior. He was that. trained as a fighter. If if somebody throws a weapon into a fighter's hands, he should know how to use it. He's a fighter. You know, if that wasn't good at it, he wasn't good at all with it. But he, you know, <laughs> I thought Captain Phasma would have a little bit more going on there, though. I was a little disappointed at how easily <laughs> uh, Brienne. Of- Tarth, Tarth. Was, yeah. was pushed around. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that she was dispatched. I'm not saying she was killed. I'm not saying she survived either. No, but, but she was definitely pushed I, around. I was expecting a little more from that cool ass outfit she yeah. had. Yeah. There, there is a great scene, and somebody just says, "Hey, hold it back a little bit. Cool it down. Yeah, cool it down. <laughs> Look it, for that take, one. Take it down a little bit. Take it down a little People bit. People have a problem with the trash compactor reference, and I thought it was oh. funny. I, that's that's silly. That was cheesy. That's JJ. That's JJ yeah. giving his nod to the, the okay. earlier. Yeah, and the, and the part where where uh, where uh, Finn is going through the the miscellaneous garbage on the floor of the Falcon, <laughs> trying to find stuff to heal Chewie. He pulls out the droid. Yes, the pro. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the remote. The, the remote. remote. The Skywalker. Yeah. Luke was fighting. He's with, like, what the hell is this? Yeah, he throws right. it to the he side. He throws it so, like, yeah. and we're all like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> good good against remotes does not mean good against warriors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pokey relations. Yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed and and for people who have not seen it, 
you'll 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 go back and think this reference is neat, you know. Junk. And I'm pointing. Junk. That's an awesome what scene a piece right of there. Junk. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. It's yeah. the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, come back and listen again. Yeah. And and that's what's cool about Ray's character is she's so She was a badass. And that's what I was telling David earlier was like Abrams really was able to get you to believe that these characters were real people. I mean, the way the way they interact in the movie, it almost as if yeah, they are kids. They are learning that it's this is happening right at the moment and and they're and they're they're so fast and furious with their reactions and, mm-hmm. it, and you, it makes it more believable. Yes. And Ray, when she sees Han and she's like you're the Han Solo, the the famous smuggler, mm. Not the guy who helped destroy the empire, mm. but the famous smuggler. Right, like to her, right. that's that's awesome. Whereas Finn was like, "No, he's the guy who helped Luke blow up the Death Star." It, you know, it, it's right. an interesting point that their their story and their characters are become legend within the universe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note too, it's like uh, you know, meeting Dave Grohl for the first time. Like, you're Dave Grohl in the Foo Fighters? No, no um, you Nirvana. In Nirvana um, <laughs> But that, that's, You're a really great drummer. It's very exactly, <laughs> very, very generational. Yeah, yeah, and they kept it that way. And they were kids. They acted like kids. They act. They act I love the, just the reactions between yeah. them. Um, BB-8, great character. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. But uh, my, gotta, I, I really gotta, like Poe Demarin. I do. Yeah, Poe's awesome. He's a great actor. He's, he's a pilot, good, he's, folks. He's, he's a good, pilot. Yeah, he's good in everything he's been in. I've seen him. And from what I understand, ladies like him. My mom went and saw Star Wars last night, and it was late, and she texted me. Like, just saw Star Wars, I have to see it again. Like, my mother? My mother? I mean, she loved Harrison Ford, but she just was in love with Ray. She oh, loved wow. the Ray character. She loves all the, like, the new characters. Yeah, I had, I had something to say about Ray. John Boyega, so, she loved him. Yeah, to, to fall when we were in the theater, I was like, because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and Hermione was my crush, but I think Ray is now taking that over. I mean, she's just so cute. I mean, you just want to grab her and Daisy, her. what's her name? Daisy what? Daisy... Riddell or something? Like yeah, that. Riddell. Yeah, she, well, she was awesome on Jimmy Kimmel. I know yeah. that. Uh, yeah, she's a great, just a cool person, man. Let me, let me ask you this question. The introduction of her character, she's uh, performing some tasks and doing some things, but the sequence really, uh, for me, led me to understand her focus and her drive. Did you guys Did you guys feel like he got that right away? She was focused on... Well, mean, uh, ooh, I don't want to give away... I almost said something, but... Getting off just, that just understanding of, yeah. what 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 her character drive is and, and what kind of person she is. It's it's very well predicted. But the waiting part, she was waiting on that desert <laughs> planet for mm-hmm. something that may not be coming back. Correct. That's intriguing. That is intriguing. Very intriguing. Great characters, man. Yeah. Uh, now I have to say this too. I always brag about John Boyega because I, I discovered him in a movie, uh, English movie called um, Attack the Block. Attack yeah, the Block. Attack the Block. It's I awesome. Yeah. Love that movie, yeah. and not many people here have seen it. Yeah. I tell everybody English that English movie. Yeah, but again, it's about it. And I, I have to give a big um, nod to Carrie Jubilee who introduced me to that, and actually she also put me in one of her movies, uh, awesome. The Chop, coming out in 2016. About a gangster who has to run a chop shop to get his family and, and his finances back together again. And what runs, are you guys runs into cars? trouble. Cars, yes, they're chopping cars, not nice. people, but there's a lot of, a lot of action. I love how David just did the Chris Hartwig, the chop with the hand over the right <laughs> hand. Quick segue, quick segue. I have to thank these people, man. They put me in their film. And I always, and I always tell my folks, friends and fiends, I get killed in three 
3.5 film. 3.5 of the five films that I'm in in this year, and that's not bragging. They're, I had a good time. These are friends of mine, and I get killed. So if you want to see me get killed, shot in the head twice. Yeah. People do not wish David to live. No. No, and I should talk about – they don't. They really don't. Um, my Uncle John is a zombie. That is the new John Russo flick, and I got to be a zombie in that flick and with real makeup and real effects. And the movie is – it's a comedy horror. John Russo is the man. If you like George Romero, they worked together and made the original Night of the Living Dead. But everybody knows that by now. So, yeah, look for My Uncle John is a Zombie in 2016. Another movie. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good stuff coming. Yep. Good so, stuff. Adam Driver, who liked him? Love him. Ugh. He's such a whiny baby prick. You want to beat him up, take that lightsaber out of his hands and oh. pummel him. Tortured. Again, yeah. again, great character development. But you all know without that lightsaber, you can kick his ass. And then he pulls that hand out and just throws you across the room. Oh. Son of a bitch. Tortured. Very yeah, tortured. Don't, don't spoil the one part of the beginning. Never. Right? No. It's one of the coolest scenes. That's one of the coolest scenes. He's, well, he's, let's just say he's the, very the, powerful. Force is strong oh, with no, this one. No doubt. Yeah. That's all he's got going because he's otherwise well, he's. What's the stuff in their blood? Uh, Midichlorians. Yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not but, supposed to mention those anymore. <laughs> let's not forget. He they ha- don't exist? Let's not forget. He's, These are not the Midichlorians that existed before? He's, he, a, he's a failed Sith, though. He's failing. He's not yeah, good at it. Yeah. So he has these tantrums. And the tantrums are the best scenes. Like a bad guy, you're always used to these overpowering, overconfident villains. He is not that. Great actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. And um, unfortunately, he was in some show with girls. So any girls listening, if you like that show, that's where they got him from. Yeah, he's he's a great. They did a great casting on him, and he really portrays his character, where he comes from, what his lineage is. It's it's really well done. And and Domhnall Gleeson with. Uh, Poe, uh, Oscar Isaacs, I don't, if you've seen Ex Machina, they're in there together, and then they do this together, and they're, they really are really two great actors, and they, they deserve these roles. I mean, they, Donald Gleason, like, the first time I saw him, he was one of the Weasleys in Potter. You know, I think he was in. The oh, fifth you're talking about the new general. Yeah, the new the new oh, general. Yeah, he was. That's Don, where I knew him from. All right, yeah, that a, guy is awesome. Yeah, he's he was one of the Weasley brothers, the oldest Weasley brother, I think. Yeah, the, David. Uh, Charlie or David or yeah, whatever. Yeah. The, the, the guy, who, the guy who works with dragons. It's the dragon trainer. Yeah. No, 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 that was another one. Oh darn! <laughs> that, was, that was Charlie. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't remember now. I got too much Star Wars. On too much. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break here, folks, because it is still the holidays, and we have much cheer to. <laughs> What, provoke? Or, um, I mean... Instill. Tinctures. Tinctures. Yes. (laughs) In bube. In vibe. Drink. Drink. Right back.
wishing Kettle Whistle Radio and all the listeners a great holiday and a healthy, prosperous, and wealthy 2016. Love yous. Thank you, Wolf. From Star and Dagger and previous shows, one of my favorite guests by far. Before that, you just heard Famous Monsters, okay? That's Sean Yusoltz band after white zombie and pre star and dagger now good luck trying to find the albums but you just heard lone wolf massacre or massacre she's just trying to kill me all right i'm not afraid of the dark but you should be there are things that's well here in the dark. Things best left to see. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to his predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Don't worry about any noise right now. I'll cut and everything. You might want to take Jet. Take Jet out of the room. Come on. Bye, Jet. Bye, Jet. You're a Death Star. Hello, folks, friends, and fiends. This is Ms. D with a special musical guest for our year-end wrap-up. Here we have the Death Stars, ladies. Hello. Hello. <laughs> take it away with our song, Unholy Night. Ooh. Unholy night, the ghosts and ghouls are lurking. We hide and wait of the demons twerking. Suddenly we're aware that we need chip, MF, and coffee. Please hurry here before the souls do us in. A demon strikes. In the night to take your soul, the world will end, which is Satan's goal. God falls from grace, there's no hope for human race. Save, save the world for your birthday miracle. Oh, Dave, save the world. Awesome sauce. 
I've never been in here. No, really? Oh, it's just really? No. no. I've never been on a shout. I've seen it. This Good job, Jet Marie. You did All it. of his <laughs> toys. Yes. <laughs> we did it, Jet. Yes. We did it. Still my birthday. It's, it's my birthday. I'll do what I want. Party girls. Where have you seen it? Where the kid puts the horse head in the in the dad's bed because the because the dad ate the last halo. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. And the dad wakes up and he's like, <gasps> and then they go to the grocery store and get more halos. <laughs> That's really messed if, up. Because if I don't have halos, you don't have halos. That's wow. Crazy. So they took the Godfather approach. Yeah. Okay, so we want to give big thanks to the Death Stars for Unholy Night. <laughs> you can hear them in the background chuckling, and they're very proud of themselves. Great rendition. A great rendition. Yeah, I, they're only, it's their second appearance ever, I believe. <laughs> Having a blast. Oh god, so it is the end of the year wrap up, Kettle Whistle Radio, and uh, it is Sci-Fi Bitch Fest. A crossover episode, if you will. <laughs> Many crossovers happening these days. We were talking about, oh, Jessica Jones, uh, what else? Arrow is not crossing over anything. Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil, great show. Anybody watch um, Flash? Uh, I, I have Flash fans that listen, and I, I haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. It's really good. How I know, I hear that. Doesn't he fight the gorilla? What's his name? I don't know the gorilla's name, but yes, the gorilla is in there. Yeah. Uh, the first season was uh, about the yellow flash. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, that storyline uh, was great, and it ended. And then in this one, there's the second Earth, so there's another flash. And uh, there's, so they there's... went back to the old... Um... Crisis on Infinite Earths. Thing. Is is that a storyline? I'm not that storyline. Some of the best twelve issues of DC I've ever read. Okay, yeah. I'm not. I'm not super familiar. I, I own it. I'll give it to you. Is Zoom in it? Maybe. Yeah, it's too long. I was. I was twelve. Uh, okay. I was 12. Zoom. Zoom is my new favorite character because he's really evil. Okay. Zoom was a TV show for kids back in the day, but that, that means nothing to anybody <laughs> not that, right not now. Not that Zoom. Not that Zoom? Not that okay. Zoom. Well, yeah, you're from Canada. Did you have Zoom? No. Dr. Matt? No. No, you didn't? He just said <laughs> you can't do that on television. Yep. Uh, oh, that. oh, well, yeah. I'm fan. That was good. Mm-hmm. You know, SNL for kids after school. <laughs> yep. Oh, Dead, God. Deadpool. Atlantis Morissette came from that. Deadpool, That's right. Deadpool's Canadian. And Moose. <laughs> what about Moose? Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. <laughs> Deadpool's Canadian. <laughs> All right. Back on track. No, we're not. Um, so, <laughs> where do we even begin? Uh, I'm excited end? for 2016. Yeah. If we want to start off by saying that. I mean, just all the movies coming out. Apocalypse. Um, the that wave, the fifth wave looks fifth great. Fifth wave looked great. Uh, from the previews of that. And it's a book. It's a book. Yeah, read more books. and um, Read more books. The Independence Day sequel. Oh, we were talking yeah, about, oh, I just yeah. saw that trailer. Yep, yeah, that looks good. Unexpected, kind of cool, whatever, as long as they shoot that green shit again. Yep, that looks cool. <laughs> but not at me. No, not at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's a ton of movies coming out. 
about uh, Star Trek Beyond? Anybody see that trailer? No. Yes. No. Yes. All right. Well, Fa is the Trekkie in the house. Mm-hmm. Sure. So go on. So Star Trek Beyond, directed by uh, whoever directed Fast and the Furious, one of them. And the movie trailer looks like Fast and the Furious. But, that, but, that's but, a concern. It, it, it would be. In my description, it sounds like it. And I thought the same thing when I read the description. Yet, it looks very good. Fast-paced. Yeah. Uh, Star, action. Star Trek uh, original series. What do they say? TOS? TOS. Yeah, the original series. The original series, yeah. <laughs> ask. Yeah, ask. Very, is, is, yeah. That, uh, is that Trekkie terminology? Yes, it's TOS. TOS, the okay. original series. NG. Next, Next Generation. generation. Yeah. I grew up with the original series, and yeah. I do like Next Generation. I love the movies, but I'm not a Trekkie. Mm-hmm. No. What qualifies as Trekkie? You know the, the Starlog dates and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, laughing. <laughs> I think I think the difference between a Star Wars I and a Star it, Trek. Oh, go ahead. Is uh, Star Trek is uh, loosely based on real science, and Star Wars. Is an epic story. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. and I think that I think those are the main well put. Differences. Well put, and I think you can always see a true Trekkie in a Battlestar Galactica fan. Oh, oh God, <laughs> you brought up BS. Yeah, if you're a Battlestar Galactica geek, I am. You're, a, you're pretty much going to be but, a Trekkie. But has Matt seen the new Battlestar Galactica? Has no. he? See, no, messed you, up. You haven't seen the best Battlestar. I haven't seen any of them. I wanted to not like it. Oh. I wanted to not like it. I've seen. It's ladies. that good. I've seen one. It, you've got to see the I new know. Battlestar Galactica. It's not new anymore. Now it's six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so good. And there's movies you can uh, watch on Netflix too. Yeah. Razor and the other one, and they all fit in the timeline of. Oh, Battlestar is good, but that's the beauty of our world of science fiction and fantasy is there's so many little stories you can become fandoms of and geekdoms of. I mean, I I know I'm a Star Wars fan and I'm a Trekkie fan, but you know I'm also a huge Harry Potter fan and I'm also a huge you know uh, Stephen King fan. I'm also a huge uh, you know goth horror fan. I mean, there's just so many mm, different things. Lovecraft. Matt yeah. likes fiction. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's about time that I plug this. Um, yeah, actually. Shameless plug time. You can't have this one because it's a proof. I'm going to have to oh. give you another one. Okay. But yeah, uh, I, that, it, it, because of Lovecraft, I wrote that. And that is Dwelling in the Dark, 11 short stories that all intertwine, all different monsters or scenarios. And um I've I've gotten good feedback from horror fans. Um, you know, people won't tell you the bad things. I I'd like if they did. I'm okay with that too. But I just wrote that out of the sheer fact that uh the world needs a little bit more horror from Lovecraft, I think. Okay. But they're my own monsters. I'm excited to read it. It, is it true that when H.P. Lovecraft first started publishing his books, people thought it was crazy? Yes. Yeah, well, oh, he, yeah. he wrote in the first person, so people thought it was real, like yeah. Poe, you know? Yeah, like Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, and if you read, I mean, God, one of my fa- oh, there's so many favorites, I don't want to get into it, but Dagon, and yeah. uh, he loved the fish people. Yeah. They were always coming out. I mean, just, there's, oh, the Inn and Smith is just amazing. Mm-hmm. I, it, well, go on, Matt. You, I know, I, I'm sorry, Dr. Do- Matt. Yeah, there's too many. There's just way too many and that's and that's the thing like and we were saying earlier about how people are so uh stuck on one genre or one or one storyline i mean lovecraft kind of had his own he definitely had his own niche but he was also a little bit of a messed up dude and you gotta be messed up to write that well and no offense to any writers in the room i know david and myself are but you know you you have to have a very twisted dark side to you 
that you portray through your writing, and that's where it comes out. It doesn't come out in any other way because if it did, you'd be a criminal and you'd be in jail or whatever. But right. you know those 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 twisted <laughs> thoughts and those twisted laughing yeah, at you. Right I know <laughs> those twisted thoughts and those twisted emotions are in you, and they don't come from anywhere. They're just in you, and that's that's the scary part when you read something like Lovecraft. And yeah, he might have been a racist, and yeah, he might have been you know a weird dude, but. You know, when you just take look, it for the time. Yeah, when you look at his work and you look at for his his what he wrote, and you're just reading the story. You know, I don't believe everything Stephen King believes in politically. You know, but I love his work, and I don't want to hear what he believes in politically and who should be the next president. But I love the Dark Tower series, so it's the same sure. thing with Lovecraft. You know, whether he was a bad person or not, I just liked his work as an artist. And given the freedoms that we're allowed to have in this country, you can do that. You can like somebody's work for the work, and you don't have to like the person. You know, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't penalize the person right orson scott card yeah exactly <laughs> exactly wow yeah case in I mean, point point in case yeah i mean he's a douchebag <laughs> just not a nice guy he, he no. writes good books though yeah. awesome books awesome. Well, what about warren ellis Are you guys familiar with that transmetropolitan back there Are you familiar with him he, he's yeah. he's yeah. nuts he's not yeah. a nice guy either but no. you love his stuff because he's eccentric and crazy yeah and, and you gotta be and i think i think that's what sells and that's what makes people interested in is it are you is, saying i have to get crazy more. More. <laughs> people have to laugh at you. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I laugh at myself. Um, then I look at something like this, you know, a book like this. All right, I'm in the band by Shawn Salt, one of our guests here. She gets to take it out on a bass guitar. Yeah. You know, musicians get to belt that out in chords mm-hmm. and just bang their head on stage and do it, you know, for 20 dates or whatever it takes. And then they're tired of it. You know what? They got it out. I'm envious of that. I'm envious of that, like that interaction with the crowd and everything. You get to boom, it's out, and you you bleed it, you sweat it, and um. Do you think do you think the, the people who make the movies and stuff like that, or I mean, as a writer, do you feel like that when you're finally finished a book? When I finish a book, then I'm always thinking of the next project because yeah. nobody's reading that one right. I just put out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's reading you know my stuff right now. There there are people reading. I think it, but your not, correlation is about direct feedback. Yeah, exactly. Direct reaction to the crowd. Marilyn Manson said it. Like you you get that feedback immediately and. And you, you, it fed the beast. Mm-hmm. But some of them are more hungry than I am, and they want to get the next album out. But um, yeah, just like I'm envious of a musician that can get that out in just a few beats and feel good about it, you know, and record it, and you know. And that's why we do this here. You know, we do this for the indie artists. We do it for uh, well, we have some mainstream artists too. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you guys? How do you get your frustrations out? If you you guys are creative, you read a lot. What do you do? Get that out. I work out. I mean, I, I work that, out four that five works. days a week. <laughs> By the way, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Doctor Matt is wearing his Superman shirt. You know what I'm <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that's the thing. I mean, there, you have to have an out. You have to have uh, uh, an outlet to frustration, whether it's smoking, drinking, uh, exercise, physical activity. I think humans, as a as a species, need that out. And I think the more that we try to be too too healthy and we try to restrict that. It's going to come down to, I mean, look at, look at the futurisms, uh, of Star Wars, Star Trek. Nobody smokes. Yeah, they drink, but they're always fighting. They're always at mm, war. Interesting. You know, and that is a huge outlet, fighting. Fighting, physical fighting, physical contact is a huge outlet when you look at it from a psychological perspective. And the same thing with UFC, MMA. That, I mean, that's somebody's way to get rid of their frustration. But, you know, some people don't like that. Some people don't like to be violent. Some people like to be, inert and they like to be you know high or smoking or drinking or whatever you want to call it but i think that is a human altered s- yeah altered i think <laughs> altered status the uh the human species as a collective needs an outlet 
And the more we try to become healthy and the more we try to get rid of people from smoking, get rid of people from drinking, get rid of people from enjoying recreational drugs, we're going to be limiting ourselves to very, very few outlets for that. And unfortunately, it's, it, it lends it to violence. I, I truly believe it lends people to violence because that's the only thing that they cannot say is bad for you because it actually mm-hmm. promotes working out, promotes a healthy, healthier individual. And that's my own spin on it, but Dr. I'll shut Mads. up now. You know. Hey, words of wisdom, man. I don't know. I, I just meditate. Do you really? No. No, you don't. I, I didn't. No, you don't. No, I like to play golf. That's my thing, which is kind of a meditation. It You're is outside. a form. Sure, that's a form of meditation. Uh, I don't ride a cart. I like to walk. That's my thing. You walk up to the ball. You're outside. It's beautiful. You take in nature, and then you pound the hell out of that thing. Video games, another outlet. You know, a lot of people get lost in the virtual reality of video games. I mean, that's... Do you, do you know that I've had three fights since I turned 40? And I hadn't had a fight before that in 10 to 15 years. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And I, I was not at fault. I definitely freaking won. <laughs> um, but it's a bad feeling like, wow, I, I still have this angst in me mm-hmm. to defend myself that much. And it, yeah, it's there is something. Nature. It is human nature. But, you know, somebody crosses you the wrong way. You're going to mm-hmm. do something stupid. And it is stupid. But it's it's innate. And we totally got off topic about Star Wars. Yeah. Sure, sure. However, sure. unless you look at a guy like Kylo Ren. Right. Who has temper tantrums. Temper tantrums. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Explain that one theory you have about that, his lightsaber. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. We didn't do that here. That was, that was something we read about the, the, uh, people online were so pissed off that the cross guard to the lightsaber was so stupid of an idea. Whereas Jedis have to build their own lightsabers. That's that's part of the Jedi mythology. So as Kylo Ren is obviously an individual who has so much angst and so much <laughs> of temper within him, his lightsaber cannot be controlled in the blade itself. It needs an exhaust, and that's what the cross guard is, is an exhaust for his hatred and his discontent and aggravation. It's fantastic. It's, 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 it's a vent of... And when you look at the movie... The saber itself oh. is vibrating. It's fluid. It's moving. It's not a static light beam like the other saber. It looks dangerous. Yeah, it looks like it literally is on fire. Yeah, you know? picking it up might kill you. Yeah, exactly. It's a yeah, great like idea. You said it, it. It would be a great segue into some other storyline that if yeah. you actually touched Kylo Ren's saber, it would it would harm you in some way or shape or form. So I should note in the background, you hear the Death Star is still partying with my dog, Jet Marie. So <laughs> it is in the background. It is a party. It's still my birthday. 1227, folks. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, but we're sitting here with uh, Sci-Fi Bitch Fest. I'm trying to think. Now, we were supposed to talk about a certain Road Warrior movie. Oh, God. That was great. Oh, I love that. That's my yeah. favorite film. Before I saw Star Wars. That was just... Tom Hardy is phenomenal. Actor. Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, phenomenal. And, and Shalice Theron did a great job. I mean, Tom Hardy did a great job. Everybody in that movie did a great job. The the, the scenes, the the editing, the, the music, it was just phenomenal. Perfect. The yeah. effects. Yeah. And I got to say, speaking, speaking of uh, effects, the Death Stars were in here, and since then, my earphones haven't been the same. The mics were all off, and everything sounds bad. Right <laughs> like, what do they do in here? What, and there's a, yeah, there's a tambourine. Tambourine. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, back Tom Hardy. Now, you're a big Tom Hardy fan. Fan. Huge Tom Hardy, Doctor Matt. Yeah, he's a, he's a great actor. He's a great. He seems to be like when you watch the interviews, he seems to be like a decent human being. Um, if you want to catch, in my opinion, his best work as an artist, you'd have to check out Bronson. It's the uh, 
quote unquote autobiographical vid- movie he did of uh, Britain's most notorious inmate who's been in Damn, prison no, since he was seventeen, and it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's it's natural born killers meets um, like some sort of virtual reality Blade Runner. No. no, it's 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 based in the real world. But it's it's very trippy. It's very hmm. existential. It's 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 a good flick. How do I find it? You, it's Netflix on everywhere. Yeah. Uh, really? Cause yeah. I I haven't. I can't believe just, I missed it. I don't think it went out to the theaters. It might have went straight to DVD. But it's a great flick. I haven't been yeah. like concentrating on movies at all lately. Just Netflix has been. Yeah. I mean, it's, the series. I've been a series guy lately. But I used to be a movie guy. Yeah. But th- honestly, read 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 up a little bit about Bronson. His, his real name is not Bronson, but he changed his name to Charles Bronson because he emulates the. The character in the in the movies Charles Bronson, but uh, he's Britain's, <laughs> he's Britain's most notorious inmate. He went to jail when he was seventeen for a petty crime. He was supposed to get seven years, and he has never left because he's so violent. He's been the only one inmate who they've had to move from prison to prison because they cannot contain him. And he starts riots and starts fires and kills other guards. And he's the only one who has a a day to day. I think he's basically permanently in the Hannibal cage every day. Wow! Yeah, he's he's that crazy. Jeez! Yeah, it's a it's a great flick. So check it out. Check out his personal storyline too. You can buy his book. Yeah, he, he actually wrote a book. Well, before I before I get back to Fa, because I, I have an apology for him. <laughs> um, but uh, with Doctor Matt, um, now we we have to acknowledge the fact that he was Bane in Batman. For those oh, that don't mm-hmm. know Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. there are people that don't know the same what guy that was. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of his best roles. I, I kind of liked it. I kind of think it was good. I thought he was intense. People didn't like the 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 voice aspect of it, but it didn't bother me. No, it didn't bother me too. But I think true sci-fi people don't care what. It's just cool that you see Bane on the movie. You know, you see Bane on the screen. But I liked it from the workout perspective because his back was gigantic. He had huge traps, and, and they went into the whole. After you watch the movie, you can look up his exercise routine and see how his back got that big, and it's pretty cool. And he's famous for breaking someone's back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, right. speaking of Doomsday, yeah. Uh, Fall anyway, doesn't believe that they should have put that in the trailer. I do not. Oh, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. We're talking yeah. Superman, Batman. Yeah. We are. We I saw are. Doomsday show up. I have yeah. those comics, man. I think. I think it's great that Doomsday's in the movie, mm. but I think the trailer should have not revealed that. Mm-hmm. And that way, when the moviegoer got to the theater and that happened, it would be a great surprise. Yeah, exactly. It would have been for me. And this, I'm kind of upset now. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman was enough. Like, we didn't need to, like, do that, too. I don't think we, we needed to see her in the trailer, either. Yeah, they kind of, they really kind of yeah. blew it. Just... Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor was enough for me, especially yes. when he shakes uh, Clark Kent's hand. <laughs> you do not want to have a fight with this guy. Yeah. That's fantastic. But yeah, but they blew it. Now I kind of I will. You wait. know what? Happens. I'm going to wait for the DVD now because now like Doomsday is really. Why did they do that? I don't know why. Why did they do that? I don't know why they introduced Doomsday so quickly into the storyline. <laughs> they could have got another villain. They could have gotten just the fighting between Batman and Superman would have been great enough. <laughs> you want more movies? <laughs> I, exactly. You don't need you don't need to sum it all up in one movie, you know. So DC versus Marvel, who is winning right now? Uh, Marvel. Marvel, yeah. Yeah, because they cross over, they do it smart. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was not a Marvel guy. I was a DC guy. I still want Swamp Thing. I want that to sure. be done and done right. I want sure. a, a Constantine. I and love Swamp 70 thing. Swamp Thing though. Oh, I own those. I love those. Mm-hmm. I got them a hard copy over here somewhere. Yeah, and Alan Moore, another nut, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. who yeah. hates everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. But I have to apologize, and this is like kind of a real time. Like, this is like the, the, I don't know. It, it, the place we're in these days with watching TV. Fa texted me and said, are you up to date with 
Jessica Jones? I said, yes, which I thought, oh, open forum to talk about anything. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, I fell asleep and missed the last two episodes. And I told him the ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, because I still want to know how it happened. It is a how that's cool. Spoiler alert. I completely ruined it for him. <laughs> As River would say. Yeah. Completely. But but you responding to me saying, yes, I'm, you know, when I said, yes, I'm up to date, that sounds like it's a you yeah, know, you're allowed free to forum. So, totally take responsibility. <laughs> so how do, is that the new interpretation these days as far as TV and watching Netflix and movies yes. and DVRing everything? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. If you ask somebody if they're up to date, that means it's open. You're all allowed to free. talk. Yeah. But I still apologize. Yeah. No problem. But that's because I'm older than you. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have such things. We had VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we, we, we touched on video games earlier. Oh, geez. Here we go. And Go uh, for it, man. This is your forum. Yesterday, when we were seeing The Force Awakens, uh, we saw a trailer for Halo 5 Guardians, and a very beloved sci-fi actor is in the game. I caught, I caught it. Mark Nathan Mark. Fillion. Get out. Yep. Okay. Yep. Captain Mal. Firefly. Firefly. Uh, I, I loved him anyway. You ever see, um, oh geez, he did a few horror movies, but anyway. Oh yeah, the one with the, the, bo- the body where it, it gets. Yeah, it's right out. behind you. I can't think of it right now, but yeah. it's somewhere in that yeah, shelf. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, Fillion. As soon as I saw him, I was like, is that, is that Nathan Fillion? Well, he's heard his voice and we we're like, what, what, yeah. what? Ears perked up. We were like, I think Nathan Fillion's around. Yeah. Love him. Pretty cool. He's awesome. He, he could have been Han Solo's son. Yeah, oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> Yes, he could. definitely I, got the mouth. I, I, I always think, pictured him. I think if if uh, if they had if they didn't have a Ryan Reynolds because Ryan Reynolds is perfect for Deadpool, and I don't mean to keep bringing back Deadpool, but I think Nathan Fillion would have made a good Deadpool. He, I don't think he's no offense, not in as great shape as Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> he might have had to lose. He's, a little, bit he's of a little older. Yeah, he's a little older, but I mean the mouth, like the the sarcasm, the quick yes. wit. He would have been, he would have been right up there. Nathan Fillion says it best is that they're not going to hang a hundred million dollar movie on him being a TV actor. <laughs> right, exactly. Which, which is very, very, it's a shame. Humble. A humble. Yeah. He, Cause he's a real dude. Yeah, I like, he's a I real like dude. Yeah. And he meets his fans. And he's, <laughs> he's good to his sure fans. He, he really. There is a wonderful picture of, uh, Will Wheaton and Nathan Fillion on the internet where Nathan Fillion is holding Will Wheaton's wife, and she's looking at him very lovingly. And then there is a follow-up picture Uh-oh. of Nathan Fillion, Fillion holding Will Wheaton. No, I'm sorry, it's Hold- John. Hold- it's John Barrowman. Yes, John Barrowman. Yeah. Holding Will Wheaton yeah. as Will Wheaton looks at him very lovingly, and it is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know who John Barrowman is. He's Captain Jack Harkness, mm-hmm. of course. Oh, he's also Black Arrow. He is Black Arrow. Yes, he's on Arrow. Yeah. Oh, spoiler! Sorry, buddy. That's all right. I just started it. He's just Black Arrow. Oh. I, there's a, if you're there's online be... ever, you would know that. <laughs> I'm never online. Oh. Never online. Sorry, I yeah, I mean, since Star Wars started up again, I stayed away from anything online. <laughs> People have been really cool about not doing the spoiler thing lately. For, for Star yeah. Wars, for yeah, Star yeah, Wars, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Totally agree. I mean, Walking Dead. They'll tell you what happens five seconds after it happened. But yeah, uh, well, fans are fans. What are you going to do? Well, listen, uh, we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, I want to thank everybody for a great year the most successful year of kettle whistle radio and having my bitch fest a sci-fi bitch fest friends back again dr matt and fa read more books read more books that's dr matt fa he's taking a hit um (laughs) matt stole my line anyway (laughs) any words of wisdom there um, read, read, read David's book. Read, read David's book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can tell you how to do that. Go to <laughs> www.fairlydark.com. 
www.ghostproductions.com. Find my books there. Read them. You'll love them. If you like short stories, if you like a novel, if you like monsters, you like Lovecraft, I swear to God, it's all there for you. Uh, is it, guys? Is it? Help me out here. Yeah. No, oh, it's your book? Yeah. Okay. It's all in there. And he didn't pay us to say that. No, they, no, I just asked them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, so check it out. All the Kettle Whistle shows are there, and I'm at Fairly Dark. See you in the new year. Hello, Davey. Here's a special Christmas song for you. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. DC, I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.